Hello everyone and welcome to the Phileas Club. This is episode 11 for March 2009, Singapore Earth Hour. Hello and welcome everyone to the Phileas Club, the show where we get people from around the world and talk about what we, what's been happening in the previous months uh, in the world, uh, in the news, in uh, politics, in uh, religion, all things uh, like that get hacked into little bits that we discuss on the show. I hope uh, you've had a good month, everyone. And today, uh, I was supposed to have Turkey with me. Obviously, he's, uh, as I've said many times, the staple of the show, uh, but he is not here because I think he's angry for some reason, or he's just uh, he just forgot that we had the show, which is even worse. I think you'll agree. But no matter, even he might join us in the middle of the show. We'll see what happens. But uh, even though we don't have Turkey, we have two uh, new. Uh, panelists on the show. The first one is uh, from Sweden. Maria, hi, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. It's my pleasure. And I was, as I was saying before, uh, the the before we started the actual recording, uh, which wait, let me check that we're actually recording. I'm I'm being very bold here, saying that we're recording, but I didn't press the button. Yes, it's okay. I did. Um, so as I was saying to the chat room, uh, you are uh, the, one of the few females we have on the show, so you have a very uh, large responsibility on you. I hope you'll do well and you don't feel the pressure. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> the second guest we have on the show is Charles, who's joining us from uh, Singapore and who's staying up. Uh, well, actually, he would have stayed up and he would have gone dancing and drinking beers with, with his friends, I'm sure. But he's not doing that, uh, especially for us. How are you doing, Charles? I'm very well, thank you, Patrick. And how are you? I'm fine. I'm great. Uh, although the, the weather is sort of meh here in Paris. Uh, it's five for me. It's five o'clock uh, in the afternoon for me and for uh, Maria. But it's midnight for you, right? It is. Yeah. In fact, just a few hours ago, we did. Um, we had the Earth Hour thing in Singapore. Oh, right. That's yeah. It's at so did you, you turn off your computer? <laughs> no, I did not participate, to be honest. Oh, good, good um, one, Mario. Yeah, That's my, very funny. My Earth Hour takes place after this podcast when I go to sleep and turn everything off. <laughs> um, <laughs> Doesn't count. That's cheating, though. Yeah, you do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they, had, um, they, had, they had a few funny campaigns in the city, actually. Um, I think some of the local, some of the hotels had like a sleep, sleep nude um, offer what? or something like that. Sleep yeah, nude? Oh, wait, how does that have anything to do with the environment? They were going to switch off the air conditioning in the rooms. They were going oh. to switch off yeah, all the power. Um, there are special candlelit dinners all over the city. Yeah. Mm. So, oh, wow. Quite, That's quite, quite a big thing. The, the, the candlelit dinner is, is pretty clever. That's very, very nice. I would have expected the sleep nude thing to come from our friends up north, like Sweden. Maybe. <laughs> You're the guy to have all well, the actually, let's go, go, bike, uh, go on bicycles nude in the city for a day or stuff like that. I haven't planned on nude, but I have planned to turn off the lights, turn oh. off the computer, turn on some candle lights, and uh, and have my dinner at, uh, I think it's half past eight we're yes. supposed to do it here in That's, Sweden? 
Exactly, yeah. It's the same in France. Yeah. Um, but before we talk about all those wonderful things, I want to say hi to the chat room because for the first time we are streaming live. Uh, I'm, I've decided to start streaming more shows and uh, it's the first time we stream the Phileas Club uh, live on the internet on Ustream. So hi everyone, thank you for, thank you for coming. Uh, and if we have uh, questions during the show, I'll be sure to direct them to you guys and uh, we can have some sort of uh, interactivity here going on. It's like... It's It's the year 2000 again. It's like multimedia and interactive. It's wonderful. Thanks. So we'll start uh, straight away with our uh, international stories, I guess. And the first one I want to go to is, uh, let's not spend too much time on it because I'm sure we're, we're getting sick of it already. Um, but the, the economic crisis, and as Tom Merritt would say, in these tough economic times, drink. Right. That's that's the drinking game. When you hear tough economic times, you have to drink. Everybody in the chat room, follow along. Um, you you we've heard about it so much that we're it's sort of we're a little bit over it. So I don't want to spend too much time on that. Still, I, I want to go quickly over uh, maybe things that might have happened in your countries that might tell us how we're receiving and how we're dealing with the economic crisis. Uh, If there is anything of note to say, uh, I know that for my country, for France, we've heard, of course, about uh, AIG and the way that uh, the scandals of um, leaders of companies and CEOs and presidents getting huge bonuses where when their companies were losing money and when they got money from the state. And although that didn't happen exactly like that in France, uh, there were a couple of um, social, uh, um, how do you call it, not firing, but, uh, you know, people being laid off in some uh, factories and plants and stuff like that. And I think what is quite significant is how the uh, some people reacted to that. They uh, in, It happened maybe three or four times in the country in the past two weeks that uh, the workers... Uh, took the, the, the bosses, the CEOs and presidents, hostage. Uh, they sequestered them in their uh, company's offices. So obviously, there was no heavy mistreatment, but they just uh, stuck them in a room and said, you're not getting out until we find a solution. And it's not something that's terribly uncommon in France, and certainly it's frowned upon, but it's not something that you would send the police for to release the, the 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 guy and it's a it's it's not a violent hostage situation but it's still pretty uh, i mean obviously it's it's sort of uh of of uh, uh a bad situation to to uh get in and i was wondering if that would be acceptable or if it happens uh, in your countries or if it's just like you you just when you hear that you just go oh my god how can you <laughs> So, uh, Maria, why don't you go first? Well, it wouldn't be acceptable in my country, but uh, I think the way that you're doing it in France, it's almost like a little bit of theater over it. Or from the pictures I've seen on the Internet, you can see that the guy who's getting held hostage, he's kind of smiling towards the cameras and it's not a a real threatening situation but i don't think you could legally get away with actually holding someone hostage against their will in sweden that we're too uh, so, so, so uptight, what, what would happen uh, legally for that uh, well i guess that uh, the police will come and um, mm. let the person out so to speak i see 
in, in it, there is a little bit of theater going on, but um, it's still, uh, I mean, it, it's theater because he still has to manage the PR side of it. I mean, uh, he's not, obviously the guys who get he held hostage are not happy about it, but I suspect that, you know, they can't start yelling at their, at their employees and like fighting to get out or anything like that because it would be a PR disaster. So that's maybe the reason why it seems like it's a friendly, not friendly, but, you know, like uh, playful thing almost, which it does come out as, like that a little bit to an extent. Um, Charles, what do you think about that? Um, well, I heard about the thing in, in, in France I, on the news the other day. I heard he was just allowed to go for toilet breaks and, <laughs> and simple things like that. Yeah. Um, but with regards to how Singapore would deal with something like that, um, it would it wouldn't be tolerated at all. Um, yeah. Whoever was involved in this in this sort of uh, behavior would definitely be arrested. Um, there would be a heavy fine and possibly even some jail time involved. Mm. So l let me ask you this then: um, How do you see it? From I mean, how do you see think of it when it happens in France? Do you think? Oh well, it's just those crazy French guys doing something crazy again, or what? I, 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 I think, think we actually okay. You go first. No, no, please, la la ladies first. Age before, <laughs> okay. age before beauty. <laughs> How old are you? I'm twenty-three. I'm thirty-two. Okay. Well, I go. <laughs> Uh, we think it's a bit enduring. I think uh, we like we like the French. Really? really? Yeah, oh, we do. That's sweet. So you go like, oh, those French guys are taking CEOs hostage again. How sweet! Uh, yeah, a little bit like that. <laughs> I, I'm speaking for myself now, but uh, okay. sure. <laughs> I do believe that we're we kind of admiring your your um, action. I mean, here we we are. Uh, we always grumble and think that things are wrong and we don't do as much about it. And you're always very, the people is always very vocal and that's something we admire. Mm. Okay, yeah, that's interesting that you, you would see it like that. At least we go out and, and do something and take people hostage. Yeah. Okay, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a way to see it, I guess. Um, any anything uh, iconic like that 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 happened in your countries, or are you just uh, are you guys just you know grumbling in your in your beards and and going ah it sucks and not doing anything about it? I think it was an interesting effect. What the, when the um, all the the bonus uh, things came out in the United States, every uh, journalist in Sweden started digging, and there were were a similar. Um, scandal in Sweden with lots of high um, bosses uh, getting criticized for giving big bonuses out and even people who are actually working for the government. So hmm. it has been did, a big thing over here. Did, did they get uh, bonuses for money that they were given from the state? Or yeah. was it? Just, oh, wow, yeah. Okay. But and by the way, to to all the people who say uh, in the U.S. mostly, you know, this is how capitalism works, and you have—I know it's been a big scandal in the U.S. too. But some people have said if you can't uh, get the the right people by offering them good conditions like golden parachutes and stock options, then you're not going to get the the competent people to run your company competently. And what I answer to that is, first of all, when when those people get get paid with money from the state, 
which is, was the case in, in, in the case of AIG, it's very much like socialism anyway, because they lost money, they got money from the state, and how is that not socialism? But the second thing is, if they, exactly, Wooly, Wooly in the chat room is saying, if they were competent, this wouldn't have happened. And that's exactly my point. What, if, if the guys are competent, they're not going to ruin your company. So how do you, why do you need to pay them in case they ruin the company anyway? How is that in the spirit? I understand why you would need to, to do that to get people to work for your company, but how is that coherent with the spirit of capitalism which rewards success and punishes failure? So anyway, that, that was my rant, my two-minute rant about the uh, Charles, uh, anything that happened there? Um, well, it's quite interesting. There was an interview with uh, with the Prime Minister of Singapore, Lee Sian Lung, um, with the BBC, where I think they did ask him about how much he does make, uh, because I think he makes four or five times um, as much money as, let's say, Barack Obama uh, every year. Really? Um, so, yeah, so so they sort of asked him in a, you know, in a, in a nice way to sort of justify... Um, how much he makes and he was mm. exactly the same reasoning that that you gave was that you know it's an important job and you need someone competent to to manage the country there's a lot at stake um it's a country that manages billions of dollars and the decisions they make have huge consequences and um you need to reward someone accordingly to that responsibility um i think from the from the reports about the AIG bailouts and uh, the mm. hearings that they had, um, the the representative from AIG gave gave a similar reasoning that they this is like a normal thing that these executives get these big bonuses at the end of the year, and um, it was pretty much a tactic to keep them in the company. Right. Um, otherwise, they'd lose too much talent, and there would be no chance of uh, of uh, recuperating. Yeah. Okay. To just to 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 finish off this topic, I just want to uh, specify the fact that I don't mean you shouldn't give bonuses and and uh, stock options and stuff like that to people who succeed. I mean, I can understand that you need incentive to do better. That's not, you know, I I, I can understand that big responsibilities uh, need a lot of money to 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 be compensated for, but. Uh, what I'm talking about more specifically is the fact that the people who tank the companies, sp uh, you know, pretend that they would need those bonuses too, um, because it's part of their contract. I'm just wondering why it's part of the contract to begin with. Now, maybe you know, in the case of Singapore, three times or four times the the salary of of um, Barack Obama is a bit excessive. But if you know he's getting paid for the job, that's I, I don't really see how you would implement that in the government, you know, like, well, you know, if the government, if your country fails, then you don't get paid. That's a, li a little bit more, uh, uh, a little bit more difficult to, to implement, I guess. I don't know. Um, Can I say something else? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, no. you know, I'm just used to, 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 to saying no when people ask that, because of course you can. Go ahead. Well, um, what has bothered me when I have followed the media coverage of this whole thing is that all the blame is placed on the people who has allowed this money to come to the, you know, the big bonuses to happen. Uh, but there is no moral or there are no 
judgment of the people who are who is accepting the money and i think that is those people are left out of it a little bit and i think it's a, a human dignity you shouldn't no one needs that much of money <laughs> in my opinion <laughs> well I, I guess needing the money is is another issue altogether but i, I agree that um definitely the the, the emphasis has been has never been put on the people who accept the money. I mean, you get calls for for them to refuse it, but it's never the heart of the story. I mean, they that's true that you could say morally it's indecent to accept it to begin with. You yeah. you don't need to just, you know, be quiet and and hope that no one listens and and no one notices and walk away with uh, you know, walk away with the bank money. So that, or the taxpayers money in this yeah, case. Yeah, that's what I meant, yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Um, okay, let's move on to uh, the Pope, our Holy Father, or, well, some people's Holy Father, because he was very much in the news uh, in the past couple of weeks for two comments that he, he made. Um, I'm not going to uh, quote them verbatim here, but what he said basically was uh, he was uh, visiting African countries and he said two things that were very controversial uh, the first one being even more controversial than the second um, first he said that the distribution of condoms uh, aggravated the, the problem of AIDS and the second one uh, he said that uh, abortion um, let, let me find uh, the, the quote here not going to read it exactly, but still, I want to get it right. Um, he said that abortion laws, and he was also including uh, euthanasia, which is less controversial, um, that, that these laws are the seed of corruption in society and its foundation. Um, so, uh, okay, let, let me ask uh, Maria first uh, what the reaction of the media and the people were uh, to those comments in Sweden. Uh, we think it's rubbish. <laughs> and that was basically the reaction. Um, obviously, uh, this I'm wasn't sorry, be, written be, by our Catholic uh, population. We, we yeah, maybe, maybe you can get into into the, the 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 make of your population because uh, you were saying before the show started that there's a lot of atheists in in Sweden, right? Yes, and uh, but then the majority is Protestants, and then we have some Catholics and the Free Church. But hmm. uh, most of the population is atheists. Okay. Um. But also, the, the, our um, um, Minister of uh, Assistance, uh, she said that... Like um, social, we shouldn't uh, social affairs or something like that? Uh, of assistance, you know, when you give money to another country. Is that the wrong word? Um, oh, okay, yeah, when you give money. Okay, uh, I see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, she said that we shouldn't take this too seriously because only 17% of the African population is Catholics. Uh, but she condemned the whole statement. And okay. then there was uh, also a big report. Uh, we also had some coverage from uh, the French Catholics in Sweden, how they're really? trying to bring the Pope down. Wait, what? Yeah, didn't you know that? <laughs> well, right? I, I didn't hear about bringing the Pope down. I mean, maybe maybe they should go see in the, on, the Catholic, on the Protestants' uh, side. But uh, definitely in France, it was not received well uh, at all. I mean, I've said many times on the show that uh, there are a lot of uh, atheists in, in France. Uh, and even people who are not 100% atheists usually aren't very... Uh, 
you know, they're not very deep into the Christian faith or any faith uh, for that matter. Um, I don't, it, none of my friends, for example, go to church every Sunday. And I know it's not uncommon at all uh, in the U.S. To, to go to church. It's not surprising at all. And here, if one of my friends told me, yes, yeah, so it's Sunday, I'm going to church, I would be surprised. Um, so, yeah, we didn't receive it well. And when you say, Maria, that uh, th what, sh what your uh, minister said, uh, that Africa is only 17% um, Catholic, so it, we shouldn't pay too much attention to it, I think it's very... Um, it's very... I mean, that's not exactly the point. The problem is that the rest of the world... Uh, is listening to the Pope. And when he says, in essence... I totally agree with you. I think yeah. it's a little bit naive to think that the Pope doesn't have any power because he has immense yeah, exactly. power. So um, it is a problem. And uh, by the way, Wooly is saying in the chat room that calling yourself atheist in the USA is a nice way to get on the corporate blacklist. And uh, I would add on the social black blacklist, which is always surprising to me. But um, So yeah, I think a lot of people, even if they are, uh, there are a lot of wasps of Protestants in the US, I would su suspect that a lot of people would listen to that and say, hey, well, listen, we told you. The, the you know the condoms don't work or they they make things worse or um so it is definitely a concern and in france we had a drop of um a, a drop of confidence in the pope in the general population from something like uh 40% of people disagreed with him and i think something like 40% also said that they don't represent their moral values which you know, I I sort in, of in have Swedish media it said that the French Catholic eighty percent of them think he does a bad job and for the three yeah. uh, wants him to have a pension. Have a what? Uh, you know, to be. Oh, to be retired. To retired, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it's interesting that they would think like that because I think there's a lot of hypocrisy going on in the Christian uh, world because it's it's a whole philosophical topic almost but i just want to say to to my christian friends of which there are many you don't really get to choose you know the pope is representing god he's the 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 descent uh how do you call it uh not the son but the descendant the follower of uh, saint peter and he's the voice voice of god in france i don't think i'm mistaken when i'm uh uh saying that so you don't get a choice about what you like and what you don't like about the, uh, the, the, the what the Pope says. He is supposed to be the voice of God. So I don't really understand how intellectually it works that you can say, I'm a Christian, but I don't really agree with this, and I, I take this out and I take that out. So I think it's interesting to say that people who, who, who say they are Christian will, um, will decide what they like and what they don't like. And uh, I don't want to go too much into it because it's it's a pretty uh, a, a different uh, topic but i just wanted to say that it's it's a strange way to deal with that uh, contradiction in your own uh, morals um the uh the the other thing i want to know about is how they go, uh, heard uh, about it in in singapore and especially uh, since you are a muslim you you were telling me charles that you're uh, you're a muslim before the show yeah, that's right. I'm I'm not too staunch. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've I've heard the same thing that you were you were talking about just now, whereby yeah. people say, you know, you can't be an a la carte 
you know, religious follower, you can't, you know, say, I'm going to follow these three, these few things, but I'm going yeah. to ignore the rest, you know, and you, you, you do get a lot of criticism um, within your own religion for doing such things. Does, um, does that happen at all in, uh, in uh, Islam? Oh, yeah, it does. It does. Um, I think from from the show that you did with Turkey, uh, he mm -hmm. said countless times, it depends who you ask. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you've got different levels of you've got different levels of faith. Um, you know, some people I mean, the minimum usually is they just don't eat pork. Some would pray five times a day. Some some pray twice a day. Some fast <laughs> for the whole of Ramadan. Some hardly ever fast. Mm. So it's. Um, That's why I mean exactly like Wooly Wooly says now, faith is a personal thing. Um, but the reaction in Singapore regarding the Pope's comments, there was nothing really major. I think the general attitude was, oh, he's going off again, and you know he's not careful with his words. Um, because not so long ago, I think he 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 had his um, a brief uh, problem with some comments he made about Islam. Mm -hmm. The same Pope and. Uh, so, I mean, from what I read, the reaction was very strong in France and Germany and in, and in Holland as well, um, pretty much because it was a distortion of scientific facts. Uh, that the use of condoms doesn't, yeah. you know, I mean, we all know it does help the situation and it doesn't... Yeah, I, uh, indeed, I guess the abortion issue is, is really a moral issue and a personal issue a lot more than the fact that condoms do work and he said they didn't. That's, that's very true. Exactly. It's just so naive. I mean, how could you think people will have less sex just because you remove the condoms? That's that's just well, stupid. But um, I was wondering what would happen to the world if we had an overall, um, overhaul and got a young pope like a Barack Obama of the of the Catholics. <laughs> I think we need that. It would be interesting. Well, it, it everyone doesn't get to vote for that, so it would be difficult. <laughs> but uh, but I mean. When, <laughs> When he was uh, when he was chosen, I I I guess we can say elected uh, in the Vatican. He there was a concern that he was a lot more conservative than John Paul, uh, and I think he he kept he was a little bit um, gentler for uh, the uh, the beginning, and now it's it's uh, a little bit more in what we feared. I, I say we as a society, what we feared that he would uh, the direction he would take. Um, okay, so I guess th the way the way you saw it, Charles, was oh, there he goes again, that weird guy. Do you have a strong uh, Christian population in Singapore? Yeah, we do. We do have quite a strong Christian population in Singapore. There are a lot of churches, um, mostly they're, they're mostly Catholics here, um, and then of course we've got Muslims, we've got Buddhists, we've got Taoists. Um, how, how do you guys so all get thing. along? Is there tension or not at all? No, no, there's no, there's no real tension at all. Um, there, there are no riots. There are no, you know, it's religious segregation or anything like that in Singapore. It's quite, quite well controlled. Um, so we're quite fortunate in that sense. The, okay, another question: Do you have a an AIDS problem, or because in in a lot of Western countries too, the AIDS have been not the AIDS maybe, but a lot of people ha are under the impression that. AIDS is almost under control, so they're a lot less careful, which is, at least in France, one of the reasons why it was such a big issue, uh, what the Pope said. Do you have that same issue there, or is it not? I think the number of AIDS cases in Singapore is very, very small, um, okay. but it, it, it is going up, 
And I know that if you're a foreigner and you have AIDS, you get deported. So <laughs> really, so they do take they do yeah they do take it quite quite seriously. You get um, deported, like yeah, yeah, pack your bags, you're out of here because you're sick. Yeah, exactly. Um, wow. Like for me, I'm a foreigner, so I think I have to go for a blood test every year, and that's one of the things they test for is for HIV. <laughs> and if you do have HIV, oh. then then you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> what what else do they look for? Um, oh, they look for other, other diseases, um, but but yeah, I mean AIDS, of course, is the big one. So if you if you if you have another disease that's contagious, do you get deported too? No, 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 no. I think it's just for HIV. Okay. Oh well, it's fine then. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I guess we we beat that one to the ground. Uh, unless you want to add anything, we're gonna move on. Okay, um, let's move on to another thing that's a little bit controversial for me, which it might not seem controversial at all for uh, on the face of it. Um, the uh, ICC, the International um, uh, Criminal Court, issued an arrest warrant for war crimes and crimes against humanity uh, to for uh, Omar al-Bashir, who is the president of Sudan, which uh, obviously is the, um, uh, the, 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 the person who's held responsible for all the atrocities that have been going on in Darfur for years. Um, he, he hasn't been uh, condemned for genocide, by the way, because there wasn't enough evidence. But so what he did was that he, he got very angry. Well, not angry, but he was making fun of the ICC and he kicked out a lot of NGOs because they were cooperating with the ICCs in his mind, but it was just a retaliating uh, action uh, because he wasn't happy, obviously. Uh, so my first reaction would be, and I think that's the way most people took it in France, well, you know, that's good because that's, you know, he was a Uh, uh, he is a tyrant, a dictator, whatever you want to call him, and the international community is taking action or at least condemning him. Um, what is interesting to me, though, is what happens if nothing happens what, what, once he's condemned? Would people be uh, open to the idea of going and getting him? Uh, and and uh, that would require military action i mean morally it's justified to condemn him but is it justified to go and get him and arrest him because there's an arrest warrant right so the yeah but how could they though since eritrea it's outside the icc jurisdiction well i guess it is but you know it's still it's it doesn't mean that you can't do it physically you could but i mean he's been condemned so the the icc has said he, he should be brought to justice Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I and go, go. Sorry. Go ahead. I mean, my my point is the the thing I'm getting at is um, is it's. Oh wait. I, apparently, they have no sound in the chat room. So I'm gonna see if that works again. Um, I'm gonna start the broadcast again. Uh, my point is, it's almost like. Uh, Iraq, right? If you if 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 it's justified that you do it in Sudan, is it justified that you do it in Iraq too? And people obviously didn't think that it was justified in Iraq. I mean, is there a parallel that can be drawn here? Is it okay to do to to uh, 
uh, go in Iraq and not in, I mean, go in Sudan? And if it's okay to go in Sudan, would it be okay to go in Iraq? Because I have a feeling that going in Sudan would not be seen as as horribly as it was seen when the, the U.S. went in uh, Iraq. I'm just rambling here, but I don't know. Well, uh, well, it's an interesting point because I think many Swedish people, or m most of us, were against... Uh, Uh, going into Iraq, but there are voices that say we should really go and do something in Darfur because this can't go on anymore. We need to stop this this murder of innocent people. Yeah, that's exactly my point. <laughs> but I don't oh, know why exactly. why it's different, though. I mean, it's it's Sudan is also an oil rich country, and um, again, a lot of the the conflict comes down to like tribes and ethnicity and that sort of thing. So it's actually quite similar to to Iraq, and and again, you've got this, you know, there is the possibility that you go in, yeah, okay, you get him, but who do you replace him with, um, you know, and will you get this insurgency that's going to to keep whichever you know countries are involved, you know, stuck in Sudan trying to rebuild the country. Yeah, so I guess th that's my point, uh, is what makes it different? What is, what is because as you were saying, it's uh, an oil-rich country, and I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, there's a lot of hypocrisy there still. because There is, because, I mean, I know that the West was, you know, the West reacted very well to this, uh, to the ICC's uh, ruling. Um, so did a lot of uh, NGOs, like you said. I think I think um, Médecins Sans Frontières also pulled out some of their foreign uh, workers um, in Sudan, and but again, you've got the Chinese that that were a bit worried about you know what the ICC said. You've got the Russians as well that I think were were were, were a bit unhappy. Um, the Arabs and some African nations as well uh, were, were troubled by by what the ICC did. Hmm. Um, Maria, uh, what? Do you do you think it would be justified to go in Sudan? You were saying that your countrymen. Yeah. I, I'm a I'm a pacifist, but <laughs> 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 well, I, the voices that has been lifted here has um, uh, the debate has been yeah we should do something and uh, is it the right way to to do sanctions or or will that just hit the you know the normal people or and not the the people at the power so to speak yeah. Um, And yeah, I think a lot of people think that the United Nations should also send troops to Sudan. Hmm. Okay, well, just you know, something to think about. What's try for yourself, everyone at home. It's your homework. Try <laughs> to think of what makes this different from from Iraq. If you thought that we shouldn't have gone into Iraq, and you think that we should go into Sudan. Interesting question, I think. Okay, let's move on <laughs> to the local uh, stories, of which I don't have many. I mean, I could talk to you uh, for France about strikes and stuff like that, but you guys are getting sick of it, right? We we know that it's happening in France. And, uh, okay, that, so that's that, strikes. I wonder what the chat room will say. <laughs> um But then we had a couple of big stories at the beginning of the month. Um, one of them was that uh, a lot of, of, of government officials, including uh, President Sarkozy, got uh, threatening letter, letters that included a 9mm um, bullet. And there were threatening words, of course, like, uh, I don't know, like, 
you are going to pay for what you did and blah, blah, blah. And he wasn't the only one to get them. Uh, so that was a big story. So we do get uh, uh, th death threats in France too, I guess is the message. <laughs> were they, were, are they just random death threats or was it like from a specific, you know, Oh, it was country or whatever, no, it was it was apparently from it was from one person uh, who sent the same kind of letters to different people. And it doesn't seem politically motivated. It's very strange. It's not um, it's not, you know, he doesn't have any specific demands, for example. He doesn't say oh, okay. you have to do this or so that. He's a, bit, or, he's a bit of a mental case, is he? Is, probably. Is what, okay. Well, you know, I'm hesitant to say that because <laughs> he might listen to the show. We never know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, next week, if you get a knife in your mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> I'll know why. And I'll, I'll issue a retraction uh, on the show. Um, but yeah, so if, if, well, if one of our officials gets uh, murdered, then uh, you'll have heard about it first here or well maybe not first um second story was the end of open bars in france because the problem is uh we've had uh, a, a lot of uh, binge drinking issues if you don't know what what uh, binge drinking is it's the habit of drinking a lot before you actually go out to get yourself drunk and not have to pay uh, a lot of money um in the bar to, to get to get drunk. Uh, this happens a lot in open bars also, and uh, it's become a concern to uh, the, the French government. And the funny thing is, the reason why uh, it was a big story is that a lot of uh, other venues would have been uh, included in that provision also, because we had like wine fairs and uh, stuff like that, and and the professionals of that uh, 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 industry were up in arms because they thought they couldn't have the 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 the, the tool the um, system where you would pay an entrance fee and then be allowed to drink and try all the wines you wanted. So I thought it was a very French way to uh, get upset about something. It was because it, uh, you know you couldn't drink wine. I thought that was fun. Anyway. But uh, it. You're famous, though, for being so sophisticated around your drinks. I mean, friends, <laughs> you just drink a little bit of wine and you never get too drunk and, and you can just handle it in, in a cultivate, uh, in a good way. Yeah, Which well, we Swedish people can't. We get pissing drunk. And, and really? Yeah, yeah, we do. Oh, I have, <laughs> I have the image of very sophisticated, uh, uh, you know, blonde people on bikes going to Ikea. So. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what we do all day long. But and then you get drunk. It happens afterwards, is what you I, mean. I have to tell my favorite story in, uh, next to this because uh, I used to live in London. I, I did that last year. Uh -huh. And they have also a big problem with uh, after-work drinking over there. Yeah. Uh, the problem becomes so huge. So around Christmas time, they actually built a field hospital for drunk businessmen at the central station. What? Oh, wow. That's, what their pro <laughs> that's their way of solving the problem. I, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, well, you know, treat the symptoms. It works. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's about all I have today. The rest is... Uh, uh, let's, let's move on to something a lot more interesting. Uh, I've asked uh, Marie on because she's lovely, obviously, and also because she, I thought it would be interesting to hear about uh, something we didn't talk about uh, last month. 
from uh, the the perspective of the country where it's happening in, and that's the uh, Pirate Bay trial. Um, so can you tell us what it is for people who who don't know what it is? I'm guessing that not a lot don't, but tell us what it is and then how it's uh, being handled. Well, it's basically the, the music and uh, movie industry's trial against Pirate Bay, who is a file, um, bitterant, um, what do you call it? Uh, Everybody knows indexing, what Pirate Bay indexing, is that five, listen to this yeah. podcast, come on. <laughs> of well, it's the trial against them for, you know, sp uh, spreading uh, copyright protected material. Right. And uh, it has been huge over here. And it has covered... 24-7. And yeah. it's still going on, right? I, I, we uh, heard about it a lot a yeah. couple of weeks ago, and, the and it died out. will now. come at the 17th of April. The what? I'm oh, sorry, I cut you The off. verdict will come at the 17th of April. Okay. So we're anticipating the verdict. The, the trial is not going on anymore. Oh. But we're still waiting for the verdict. Okay. So my question was, how are those guys perceived? Because I suspect you guys, while you know, you're know you going on your bikes to Ikea, that you would see those guys from the Pirate Bay <laughs> as some sort of national heroes. I could imagine that. Is that <laughs> yeah, right when we're going on our bikes. No, but <laughs> <laughs> well, they are. Um, or not among the general public, I don't think so, but the media love them. They are the media's pets and they have turned this whole trial into a circus and they have been feeding the media with lovely quotes and laughs. So it, it's very easy to, to like the guys uh, or be on the Pirate Bay guys' side. And of course, that has been criticized uh, a lot as well, that the media is uh, kind of... Um, not taking this seriously and letting these clowns do their thing, but um, yeah, I think I think many people but actually by, by wants who? these guys to to get off uh, by officials that mm. feel the pressure that feel like they have been made a fool of. I mean, the the prosecutor has uh, been the laughing stock of the whole nation <laughs> because obviously, you know the. He he couldn't. He didn't know the technology, and that has been a big uh, uh, focus of uh, of humi humiliation. Mm, <laughs> I see. How um, normal do you guys see this as? I mean, the fact that he doesn't know the technology is it like? Well, of course he doesn't. Or should... well, the thing is, we have a great tradition, or great. We have a huge tradition, not great tradition, of file sharing in Sweden. I don't know anyone of my age or younger who never have file shared. And uh, mm. I saw this uh, poll um, made by the state that said that 700,000 Swedish people are file sharing. And I think, you know, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I think it's very, very common in this country. And uh, many young people see, uh, see it as almost a, a right that they can have instant access to all the music and movies and everything mm. they want. Yeah, that, uh, that's pretty much the same in France. I have to admit. Yeah. Uh, mm. Charles, your 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 country is in the midst of uh, uh, copy protection doesn't exist central, and by that I mean Asia. Uh, <laughs> what do you guys think of that that trial? Well, I think um, again in Singapore, you know, even government housing and everyone has access to to high speed internet. Um, 
the whole city is. I mean, even in the CBD, the whole place has got wireless internet. Um, What's the CBD? Thing, uh, the Central Business District. Okay. Right. So it's it's basically the finance hub. Um, so yeah, I mean, following up from what Maria just said, I mean, everyone here that I know files shares. Um, mm. And we did have a crackdown not too long ago um, with regards to people downloading anime. I think that really? was the first major. That's very yeah, specific. That's, that's right, yeah. So I know a lot of people um, are quite careful of downloading anime now, but as far as movies and music is concerned, it's, it's still, it still happens you know, all over the place. Hmm. Um, the Pirate Bay trial has not received too much attention here. Um, I did some research on the internet, and there was just a few articles. Um, but one thing I noted from from Wired was they were they were a bit disappointed because they said that these four uh, gentlemen from Pirate Bay were were you know were activists in a way, and then all of a sudden, when they were in the courtroom, they were you know pushing the blame to other people. They said you know at the end of the day, it's not us; it's it's the people using the site. Um, mm. You know, we were not in charge of any of this. I was just you know. Well, that's the tactic yeah. to get off. Exactly, uh, exactly. Uh, because I mean, that's the whole defense line to prove that uh, they have not actively uh, given out this material. They have just shown other the way. And that's also what they were prosecuted for, though, because they were prosecuted to for um, helping to commit the crime. Exactly. It's yeah. yeah. a medium that. for people to actually do it. Mm. Yeah. Okay, um, so just a side question: you you watch TV shows and stuff like that? I mean, maybe not you, uh, Charles or Maria, but your friends uh, <laughs> watch American yes, TV shows and stuff like that. Who does that? Yeah, it's quite it's quite common here because you don't some of the US series you don't get them here. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, stuff from the UK. So and that, that's the problem for us yeah. as well. Uh, let me ask you this then, Maria. Uh, it, the 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 uh, prosecution side is mostly, I'm guessing, from the U.S. Maybe they have representatives in the country, but it's mostly the majors yes. and the and the uh, the majors in the movie and the the music industry from the U.S. Are they seen as this foreign entity that's attacking uh, uh, Swedish soil, or is it you know well, it's our uh. problem too, and we should fix it? Well, there was some pressure. At 2006, when this all started, um, our current uh, legal minister uh, was in trouble because uh, there were talk about like um, uh, trade sanctions against Sweden if we don't, don't take action against these boys. And uh, they forced, uh, uh, they, seized, uh, they seized all the computers. And hmm. that has been widely criticized if it was the right thing to do or if they did that because they were pushed by Big Brother. So, yeah, a little bit like that, I think. Okay. Yeah, I know they, they raided the offices, they, they took all the servers, and then, you know, within the next few days, they relocated their servers overseas. Um, yeah, they, they were saying yeah. they don't even know where their, their servers are and stuff like that, so. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, uh, something else from from uh, Sweden, Maria, or is that it? Uh, well, well, I actually have another story that I would like to share with you, oh, and that's uh, 
yesterday actually uh, all the major newspapers in Sweden, the four biggest newspapers in Sweden uh, got together and started this huge campaign to free David Isaac, who is an Eritrean Swedish journalist, or he's a Swedish um, immigrant, so he has Swedish citizenship uh, that has been kept in prison for 2,742 days. Where? In Eritrea. Oh, okay. Uh, but he's a journalist, and his crime is that he wrote some articles about the need of a, a freedom of speech and democracy in Eritrea, and mm. he has uh, been sent to prison without a trial. And yeah. we have tried to free him for many years, but uh, no success. And now all the journalists rally together and try to make this happen. So mm. as of today, we have... 54,000 Swedish people have um, signed this, uh, um, you know, protest, yeah, protest the, list. Yeah, yeah, the mm. petition. Yeah, the petition. And okay. um, the campaign is still ongoing, and um, I hope we can change stuff. And it's it's unique that these four magazines that or newspapers that are usually not working together works together. Mm. Okay. I guess in France, the liberty of the press is always a big issue. So you will have uh, magazines that put their differences aside for issues like that is not uncommon at all. I mean, they never do it except for <laughs> a few things, and that's one of them. Yeah. Um, what's, what's the state of the freedom of the press in the Singapore? Press. It's a very it's naive question. I do, I'm sorry. I should know, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, no, actually, there's not much freedom here. Uh, everything, all the uh, main publications are owned by the government. Um, so all the statements, all that, it's quite controlled. Um, mm. They're very careful with how they go about um, discussing government. And if you say something issues. bad, they deport you? No, 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 no. It's not that bad. But, <laughs> it's only um, if you have AIDS. I'm sorry. I'm just being if, silly. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're actually, they are very tough. Um, they have um, taken journalists in who have sort of gone rogue. Hmm. <laughs> um, so it is quite scary here. It, it is, it is. But um, So how far do you have to go to be in trouble? Like if you criticize the amount of money... The, if the... you criticize, yeah, that's right. If you criticize the government, if you say things like, you know, the prime minister is earning too much money or that, you know, where did all this money disappear to? you know, that was meant to go to in education or something like that. Yeah. They really ask you to 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 um, prepare proper down, evidence. Yeah. Yeah. And of course people don't have this sort of documentation. They don't have access to these to these files. And so as a result the government always gets away with um, with supposedly uh, doing criminal things. But um, mm. there's not much freedom of the press in Singapore. I see. Okay, um, let's move on to Singapore then. Uh, <laughs> what happened there? All right. Um, well, in early March, uh, at one of the local universities, there was a stabbing incident which ended up being fatal. Um, it's the first incident of this kind in Singapore. Um, I think lately, as uh, in the past couple of years, we've heard of more um, tragedies in taking place in in schools, mm -hmm. uh, universities, and all that. So finally, Singapore has its its own story now. Um, <laughs> basically, this this uh, international student from from Indonesia um, was in his final year, 
at the National Technological University. And uh, he, he met with his professor who supposedly was, um, was handling his final year project. And, as, and there was some sort of a scuffle in his office. He stabbed his professor in the back and slit his wrists while in the professor's wow. office. Oh. Uh, he then, yeah. And so this all took place in, uh, in the, um, one of the engineering uh, buildings at the university. It's a five-story building. So the professor's office was on the fifth floor. So this student ran out and ran down to the fourth floor. And if you can imagine it, if you can imagine two buildings that are linked by sort of a sky bridge. Yeah. And it's a glass sky bridge. So basically from the, and this bridge is on the third floor. So now that he's run down to the fourth floor, he then jumps down onto this sky bridge. He stands there for a moment and all the other students sort of see him and he's bloodied everywhere because he's just slit his own wrists. And after a moment, he just jumps off and plunges to his death. Oh, so, yeah. So this was something quite, quite insane. Um, you know, especially for a country that's not used to this sort of, this sort of thing. Um, that's horrible. Yeah, it is. It is. It was, I think everyone was quite shocked by this story. Um, the police I, I think... were very careful. Sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah. No, the police were very careful to to issue a, a proper statement uh, to the press. I think uh, on the day that the news came out. They mentioned that he was. Um, it, it was this professor was was um, looking after this this guy's uh, final year project, and that he was potentially going to fail on this project. Uh, mm. So that was the reason for 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 his uh, for his act. Um, but later on, uh, it was it was discovered that his scholarship was going to be uh, revoked. Mm. I see. And I guess the the first question that comes to my mind because I'm I'm weird <laughs> would be well first of all horror and then did this guy got uh, presented in the media maybe in the aftermath of the of the incident as a guy who plays violent video games. I'm sorry that's the question that that I just you know did they point to the games and say well and he also played violent video games like uh I'm going to say doom because I'm old and I think in, in like 10-year-old <laughs> terms. But did they point to that or was this not an issue? Because that's what um, happens every time here. From, from the reading I did online, uh, it, I was quite surprised because a lot of people were quite critical of uh, the official statements made in, in the local newspapers. Um, they were saying how there will be a tendency to protect you know, the education system here. Um, especially now because Singapore is trying to promote itself as a hub for education, especially for university. Mm. Um, so there is some interest there in 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 um, portraying things in a certain way. Um, is is the but, pressure upon the student in Singapore particularly high? I, yes, I mean, yes. it sounds pressure, like he has enormous pressure on him. This guy. Yes, pressure pressure here is very high um, from a very young age. You know depending on how well you're doing kindergarten depends on what primary school you get into depending on what your your passing grades are in universe in primary school depend you know they decide the government decides what sort of secondary school you're eligible to to yeah. enter so it's you're very much judged on your on your credentials um so I, as as far as violent video games are concerned 
Um, it turns out that he did, he did live on campus. Uh, most of the student accommodation on campus is uh, double accommodation, so you would typically share a room with another student. But in his case, he was one of the few that lived alone, and um, the rest of his neighbors on his floor also lived alone. Mm. Um, supposedly, they didn't know this guy very well. He was very quiet, um, but he did play. He did play World of Warcraft, um, <laughs> and he did play. He did, he did play some other some other MMOs. Yeah, he did well, play guess- some other MMOs. You know the the point uh, I guess is even stronger if he did play because the point is everyone plays video games and if they the, the media didn't point to it then it's a testament to their you know intelligence I I think because everyone plays so of course if something happens the guy is going to be a guy who plays and if you exactly. don't, don't point to it it's like well did he watch TV yes oh that's yes. amazing Okay. No, um, only only one major newspaper actually did mention um, that he played, and that was like in the first sentence of the article. Um, mm. But in everything else I read, there was no mention of any of anything like that. Um, a lot of the article is actually based around the professor saying how you know he's a very approachable guy. Um, yeah. You know, this is really an odd case. We don't know why the student did this. You know, his friends. You know, no one, no one, no one saw any signs of of, of frustration or. Or you know anything like that? I know yeah. that there's, there was a statement made by the university that they're going to reassess, you know, their their student yeah. counselling services to try and uh, yeah prevent okay. this thing from happening again. Um, but I think there's still an official statement still has to be released. I think at the moment oh. the story is is that his his um, scholarship was going to be revoked, and he thought that this professor that he was working closely with was responsible for um, for initiating the process so uh the professor is fine he was rushed to hospital of course oh, really? he had oh i figured he, he died had, uh, no no he had several knife wounds uh, i think the knife was still in his back when when the police and paramedics arrived <laughs> um but yeah he was he was stitched up and oh. he was so he's fine to to so, so it's really a happy he was story fine. it's really a it's happy all right story. yeah it was just it was just the the gentleman himself who 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 died yeah. Okay. Um, well, thank you. Uh, I think we are going to. That's going to be it for the local stories too. Um, we are going to move on to the conclusion of the show with an email um, that I got from uh, Jose from Venezuela. Uh, I think we talked about uh, Venezuela last month. I don't know if you guys listened to the show. Uh, maybe you can remind me because I forgot. No, I didn't. I'm kidding. Um, so we talk about Venezuela, Venezuela, and the fact that um, uh, Hugo Chavez got re- got uh, the the referendum passed for him to be uh, reelected uh, uh, to be reelected as uh, as much as he wants uh, um, forever. And he is actually Jose is actually from Venezuela, and he uh, sent us a few. Um, comments about what we said. So I'm going to read this verbatim because it's it's very interesting. It's an expert from his email. Um, He says, the common view in our country is not that the election was rigged as being a fraud, but that the government used a lot of public resources, as in money, state-run media, uh, sorry, money, state-run media, coercing public employees to vote for Chavez to its own advantage, hence creating a decisive leverage. 
Therefore, even though the election was clean, there is the concern that this leverage will be implemented in the future, uh, in future elections, which would guarantee Chavez's uh, infinite re-elections. And I guess we were saying that um, we were saying that it would be uh, it it was almost legal because he was elected. But what Jose is saying is that it's not as clear cut as that. There was a little bit of coercing too. Another thing that he said uh, was uh, that I'm going to read here again. I have to disagree with you regarding the lack of freedom of speech. We have a free press with, free, uh, with newspapers and television stations that are openly against the government. However, there are severe pressures on the media in the shape of greater tax control, censorship and harassment. Uh, and harassment sorry. I know this might, so this might sound a bit contradictory because in a way one could say that this pressure conflicts with the freedom of speech, which is true. But I just wanted to make clear that the media is not controlled as in other countries, uh, as in China. So uh, that's a, a very interesting, uh, um, a very interesting uh, precision here from Jose. And I invite everyone to uh, send us an email if we say things that are not uh, completely accurate or if we're you know, mistaken in any way, we don't know everything about every country, obviously, as we've proven many times. So um, if you, you feel like we've uh, said something that wasn't accurate, please feel free to send us an email uh, and uh, we will correct our statements in the next episode. Uh, so that's going to be it for the show. I, we usually do a, a, a sh um and now for something completely different at the end of the show, but I don't have one. Do you guys have one? Um, I have a small um, one. Okay. I've got two, actually. If there is time. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, so we'll take, we'll take one from Maria and one from, from Charles. You, can, you have to choose the best one from the ones you have, Charles. Go ahead, Maria. Okay. Well, there has been a lot of drama in Sweden the last two weeks about uh, a statement that the Russian... Uh, embassy made because mm -hmm. here in Sweden we have this thing called or we have in Europe we have the Eurovision Song Contest and it's huge in Sweden we oh, love that thing that. and and we um, <laughs> we have this several pre-contests so who gets selected to get to the big contest and so on and so forth and this has huge media coverage here and in the last contest they, they made this parody of um, Russian culture where they made like a spoof techno song with a lot of uh, Russian culture symbols in it with like Russian <laughs> dolls and Cossack dancers and we had the dancing bear on the stage and and it was done with good humor and fun and and everybody laughed but the, the next day the the Russian embassy actually filed a, a formal complaint against, against Swedish television because of the lack of taste and they were appalled and they thought that the people who came up with this uh, really were sick in their head is the quote really yeah is that the official statement? Yes, and then wow. the Swedish television um, replied with sending flowers to the embassy. But at the same at the same time, the the Swedish television said like this is just humor, it's just fun and fun and cheek and uh, get over yourselves. And we ha do validate date, uh, freedom of speech in this country. I'm going to link uh, the, the video that you sent me um, to the chat room right now. Um, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> and and it's it's indeed in poor well maybe not in poor taste but it's not very you know it, it's kind of an easy joke it's thing. It's a parody. Yeah, I mean, but it's that's it's what not it like it's not insulting. It's 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 a funny silly thing. I'll I'll also put the the link to the video in the show notes if if people listening to the podcast want to go check it out. Uh, please do. You'll have it in the show note. Um, and and boy, those Russians they they don't joke around. Uh, it's much it's, humor there, no? Yeah. Well, well, I don't know. I mean, uh, this is this is the, what's doing it was a, a serious person. response that they did. The official response was serious, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. But it was also this ambassador. I mean, you can't say that it was the official view of the Russian government. It was this ambassador well, that did this. Well, the, the 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 ambassador is the representative of the government. Yeah, but country, I'm not sure so. the government were informed, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. Okay, uh, Charles, you go. Okay, um, my story has a funny side and a sad side. because Oh, it's in one the of end, those. Okay. In the end, a 77-year-old man got killed. Um, basically, uh, okay, the so title I'm guessing, of the story... I'm, I'm guessing that's the funny side? <laughs> the, title, the title is called Bottle Mishap. Oh. Um, and basically, uh, what happened was the 77-year-old man uh, used a bottle to engage in sexual activity. I, oh my God! I, I thought that was going to be it. <laughs> and um, eventually, uh, he got it got stuck, and he went to the hospital. The doctors tried to remove the bottle to no avail. Um, he then had trouble urinating after that, and several complications occurred. And the old man oh. passed away as a result because uh, the complications led to heart failure. Wait, wait, oh, what? Poor wait, thing. I didn't, I didn't get it. He used the bottle as a female recipient or a male recipient. I, I don't know. Do you want to know? Well, <laughs> I don't know. You say he had trouble urinating. Well, yeah, as I a nurse, I... I must say you can get that from both procedures. Oh, there, I think, okay. <laughs> if you mess so, it yeah, up. It's... It was it was re it was recorded by the the uh, China press, so I'm guessing this this Singaporean guy was was in China at the time. Okay, it didn't happen uh, here. <laughs> so I guess I guess that's a a message to our listeners too: uh, don't engage in sexual be, uh, in sexual uh, activities with bottles. It's dangerous, and it's actually more common than people yeah. think. I can say as a nurse. Yes, the condoms. The don't, don't listen to the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Marie, you're a nurse, so you know that that these, these things happen. These things do happen. Yes, they do. The oh, weirdest thing. You, you'll have to tell it's us. It's not only bottles. No, no, I won't go into oh details. You have to change the rating of the show. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You'll next time we'll make a special uh, uh, segment of the show with funny Swedish nurse stories. Wow, that sounds more dirty than I intended it to be. <laughs> Never mind. Maybe we won't. Okay, well, I think that's going to do it for the show. I want to thank you guys very, very much for being uh, for coming on. And uh, I hope we will have the, the immense pleasure of having you on again uh, at some point. Um, is there anything you guys want to, to, to talk about to pimp? Your, your, I don't know if you want more Twitter followers or you have a website or something. Uh, Maria, oh, do you? I want people to follow me. That's fun. Um, okay. My name is Paga, P-A-G-G-A. -G -G and okay. you Dutch people out there, I had no idea of the meaning in your language. <laughs> <laughs>
um, okay, so that's twitter.com slash paga. And uh, um, Charles? Um, honestly, I've got nothing to pimp. So I'll do <laughs> frenchspin.com. Uh, oh, that's, that's Patrick's so site. Sweet. That's <laughs> I could very pimp, nice. I could pimp my armory page, but I mean, I don't think we can do that here. <laughs> yes, well, uh, maybe we won't. Um, you, you are a WoW player, as many of you listening are, but not everyone. Um, well, if you want to say the name of your character, I don't know what good that will do, but go ahead. Okay, you can look for Booyah. B-O-O-Y-A-H. Well, that was good just by saying the name. It was awesome. <laughs> um, okay, so that's, uh, that's going to be it. I want to thank everyone for listening, everyone in the chat room who stayed, even though there were a couple of uh, problems. It was the first time we did it on this show, and I uh, stepped on something I shouldn't have. But it won't happen again. Um, the the site where you can find the show is, as always, the Phileas Club. But it's also now uh, Frenchspin.com because I've consolidated uh, consolidated my websites, my different blogs, and they're all united happily on Frenchspin.com now. And the email you can send messages to us uh, is Phileas at Frenchspin.com. I guess I won't spell that out. Just It's easier if you go to the website because it's... I don't know why I chose that name. It's silly. Phileas. It's, it's beautiful, but it's not easy to remember. Um, so Frenchspit.com is the, is the website. And uh, not Patrick is my name on Twitter. Of course, you can follow me there and enjoy all the silliness I display on that uh, little uh, page thing. And if you want to listen live, you can probably do it next uh, time we record the show, which will in all likeliness be uh, at the end of next month, at the, the end of April, probably the last Saturday of April um, at 5, uh, no, sorry, 4 p.m. GMT. And to know what time that is in your city, just figure it out because I don't know. <laughs> and obviously Turkey doesn't either. I'm not going to let that one go. <laughs> um, okay, so again, thanks a lot to everyone. Thanks to the listeners. Thanks to the chat room. Uh, and we will talk to you all uh, next time. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.